Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And with us today for a very special bonus episode, we have such a funny friend of the show and comedian. She is the host of the popular YouTube series, Joanna Rance. She is a correspondent on the Netflix series, Bill Nye Saves the World. Please welcome Joanna Hausman. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me here. Wow, we're so excited. You know what this interview means for me personally? What? So I majored in international relations and Spanish. And the fact that we're talking means wow. that this is the first time. You, you, you've used your major? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it is the first time that I will be using my degree nice. <laughs> you know, you in a long, long time. I am friends with Bill and I. That's I hung awesome. out with him last week. That's so cool. How's he doing? He's doing really great. He uh, his The paperback version of his book came out. Um, and it's very interesting because, you know, he... He's he's a, he's a celebrity, but like another level of celebrity in which people think he's very accessible, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So just being around him, I'm like, oh my god, fame is honestly exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Like, because everyone yeah. wants to talk to him, right? Everyone, yeah. everyone walking down the street, everyone. It's mm-hmm. just like, I he he takes it like a champ, but I'm I got I. I got like a little defensive. I'm like, we're trying to eat our cheese, sir. <laughs> you could please. <laughs> that is one of those people who someone growing up like in our age range that's someone who like i would not have imagined myself meeting mm-hmm. in my yeah. lifetime yeah. like it, did you watch i love bill nye yeah. yeah i was a huge i was a huge fan of yeah. him and I, I i got i was a little starstruck when i met him honestly yeah. i was kind of freaking out yeah. yeah i bet and the correspondents are like you carly Kloss, right yeah you know me and carly <laughs> we're definitely we're the same brand of yeah. person um Yes, and then we had an Australian uh, comedian called Nazim. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Mueller, who's uh, from the YouTube channel Veritasium. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, oh, that's then, the name of uh, the, the, the truth serum, the truth yeah, serum in, Harry in Harry Potter. And there it is. Mm-hmm. I love that. He's Wait, very is, smart. Is Carly Kloss the one that married a yes. prisoner? Yes. Okay. yes. Did you go to the and, wedding? Oh, no. Um, I don't. We're not friends. Oh. I, mean, I mean, I wish we were. I mean, I think. But, you know, she had a she had an entourage. She yeah. wasn't as accessible as I wish yeah. she was. Oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I noticed you weren't walking in the Victoria's Secret fashion show um, last night. I was. I, you know, I do it every year. <laughs> I couldn't even get through that without laughing. You're, you're I, like, I can't even. <laughs> this lie is so huge. <laughs> So we're really, really excited to have you here. Um, your series. I, first of all, I love Joanna Rance so Thank much, you. and I have for so long, from when it was on Flama to now. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. Um, it was such a weird uh, birth of mm-hmm. an, a concept of which I just I had opinions and I didn't think anyone wanted to listen to them and then I was like oh I'm gonna like research my opinions and then just <laughs> yell about them and see if people care mm-hmm. and it worked. Yep. Which is a surprise yeah. <laughs> on several levels. That's how I feel about the newsletter. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. like people listen to with even with this, yeah, podcast, this podcast, like people listen to what we have to I say. I know it was things. like the Brett Kavanaugh one and we were just like angry. Mm-hmm. We weren't like saying anything. And I was like, I'm really I feel better. Yeah. That a little bit. It's a little it's just, cathartic. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like catharsis after a jo- like Joanna Rance? You know, um, it depends. Like, I did one about specifically the situation in, in mm-hmm. Venezuela, and it took a lot of research and talking to a lot of economists and whatever. And after doing it, I wasn't, I didn't feel, I was drained. I was like yeah. emotionally exhausted, mm-hmm. but I did sleep all that night for the first time in years. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we, speaking of the situation in Venezuela, that's what we wanted to talk with you a little bit about today. So, first, 
You are Venezuelan. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm from Venezuela. Caracas, Venezuela. I'm from ooh, the capital. That's wow. so yeah, I just wanted to ask like what's your background? Where tell us like the mini story of Joanna. Sure. <laughs> oh man, I love talking mm-hmm. about myself. Mm-hmm. No. Um so I was my both my parents are, are Venezuelan. My my dad's side were like Holocaust survivors mm-hmm. that, you know, Ellis Island was all closed up and they were like, I guess Venezuela makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my mom side is uh, Venezuelan and Cuban. Hell and yeah. Then, yeah. And then, at, you know, Fidel Castro, mm-hmm. the Cuban family then came to Venezuela. Yeah. So uh, I'm just like a, an exile baby. You know what I mean? Because now, you know, now my family is exiled from Venezuela. So, like, um, so it's it's been... I feel like it's just part of our genetic code yeah. is that people kick us out. And you are fully, it's a full exile. Like that's real. So my, my father is fully exiled. Uh, he's, he was declared enemy of the state about four or five years ago. Casual. Casual, casual. Um, and then on my mother's side, uh, I have an uncle who is a journalist and he's been imprisoned for two years. Still today? Yes. Well, now he's in um, house arrest. Mm -hmm. uh, But for a year he spent in Venezuelan prisons. And then my um, cousin, who is his son, has left Mm -hmm. uh, home and has hopefully created a life here in New York and won't be able to go back. I mean, we we really don't think he should go back. Um, So... I I don't know if I arrive. I mean, first of all, they would not give me my citizenship uh, passport, like my new passport. They would not give it to me. So Mm -hmm. if I go back, I need to get a visa. And I just, even if I could go back, I don't know if it would be a smart move. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like if it would be safe for you. So you applied to get a passport again and they were like, no. Um, Yeah, that's basically what happened. (laughs) And then I became a U.S. citizen uh, right after that. And I was just like, okay, I guess, I guess I got this passport, so I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> oh my gosh! If the other, like, if one or the other hadn't happened, you would just be like in limbo. I don't know what citizen I, I, limbo. I I think I would have figured out a way to get my Venezuelan passport mm-hmm. because the story of my first Venezuelan passport it took me a year to get it mm-hmm. um, because there were just a lot of I don't know what it was. There was something in the system that they would just not allow me to make an appointment. Mm-hmm. So it, it took me a year of like bribes of like sneaking into government offices <laughs> of like texting Hugo Chavez's former bodyguard called El Gato. It was like the most insane really? story you've ever heard. Wow. Yes. And I was able to get my passport. So I know I, I knew I would have been able to, but I would have had to go through like a Liam Neeson movie in mm-hmm. order to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got my U.S. passport, I was like, oh, my God, this was like uh, this was so easy. Yeah. Like, so when did you leave Venezuela? I left Venezuela in 2007 after okay. I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the intention of going back after college. Um, and I think even though, uh, you know, people my age, uh, we've lived through Hugo Chavez's regime mm-hmm. since childhood. And then after Hugo Chavez died, Nicolás Maduro sort of like took power. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not, even though they claim it's democratically elected, it was clearly not. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rigged. So for people my age, there's this uh, golden era of Venezuela that people speak of that it was the Switzerland of South America. Mm-hmm. It had the highest, I think, GDP. It, when it, It's the fourth largest oil producer in the world. It, it was very, it was an open area for, open place for immigrants and for exiles and for uh, refugees. Um, so I had a migrate, I had a lot of migration from Italians, from this, from that. So that was the story of Venezuela mm-hmm. growing up. And then when I was eight, I think Chavez came into power mm-hmm. and politics started to feel like a, a hugely divisive um, 
cloud over the identity of a Venezuelan. Oh, I have no idea what that would be. Yeah, feel isn't like. it weird? So it's like this one um, demagogue <laughs> arrives and makes politics about himself mm-hmm. instead of about policy. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I feel like I've grown up in a very politicized environment, and I feel like every Venezuelan has grown up in a very politicized environment. It's impossible to ignore politics because it, it truly corrodes every part of your life. Mm-hmm. And especially now back home, um, n- there's no escaping it. Uh, it, it. Inflation is like at a million percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. hyperinflation. I was just reading about that to get re- like to get ready for this episode. And like it's um, it's reached 83,000 percent. That was in July. No, I think it's, it's, it's even it's, more. It's, it's I, I might be wrong, um, mm-hmm. which is embarrassing because my father and my mother are economists. But um, uh-huh. uh, it is, I think it is moving towards like a million percent. Like, <laughs> I think this is. This th- might be, yeah, like an older Not article. only that, there's a black market. Um, there's a black market a, a quantifying of, mm-hmm. of, of bolivares, which is basically what should be used. And then there's the official bolivares. Oh. So the official bolivares, no one can get. No one can get products at the prices that the official exchange rate is at. It's yeah. actually at the dollarized exchange rate, the black rate, the black market rate. So that's so interesting because one of the things that I was reading was that like the hyperinflation had gotten so crazy that even for like minor purchases, Venezuelans were using like electronic transfers or whatever because you couldn't even carry the amount of cash no, that was can't. necessary to just buy like a small item. It just didn't make any sense. No, um, you you would literally need like a truckload of bills to pay for a chair. Like it <laughs> it is it is insane. But then simultaneously, um, even even people working at above minimum rate wage just they just cannot buy. They cannot. They don't have enough monetary power to mm-hmm. buy enough to survive so i think the minimum wage now um would pay for one box of cereal wow. o- like for the salary of a month so when you have that economic like mm-hmm. that is a severe economic crisis yeah which is causing one of the biggest refugee issues right now which people aren't really talking about yes. the problem in venezuela has become a refugee issue that is affecting colombia brazil peru argentina chile they're Col- they're venezuelans everywhere right Mm -hmm. now which is so interesting because you were talking about how this golden age that you were talking about is like all these people were coming to venezuela it was you know you said like the switzerland of latin america like so many people were coming there and now there's sort of this mass exodus that is happening it's one of the biggest brain drains i think also in 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 our history and if not right now in i think our crisis is being compared to I mean, with completely different context, but in terms of how many people are leaving with a Syrian um, refugee crisis as well. Like, it, it, it is similar numbers. I think it's like 10% of our population has left in the past year or two. I don't, yeah. I don't have the... Yeah, I was... Me, but is it... A, I think it's like two, two point... There's 2.3 million Venezuelans have left the country since 2014. Yes. And yeah, and it might be more than is, when this article we're pulling yeah. from came out. And it's also every day people are leaving... They're called Los Caminantes. They're just mm-hmm. people that walk, that mm-hmm. just walk from Venezuela and they walk to Peru. Like those people aren't being accounted for necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, it, it is a, it is a, and, and then simultaneously, the, I feel like it's, it's very unfair because it, I feel like people have let the Venezuelan government go a, a little bit lighter because they represent this romanticized uh, Latin American left, mm-hmm. which is a corrupt dictatorship. You know, it's it's what happened in Nicaragua. Yeah. Like you you can't use romanticized ideology 
to justify true human suffering. Yeah. That I mean, 100%. So let's talk a little bit about Maduro mm-hmm. and what he's done. So I like when when I was growing up, obviously my my family's Cuban, so Chavez was like part and parcel with Fidel mm-hmm. in my family and mm-hmm. he was sort of like this very big personality. Yeah, he he person. is he I think people l- wanted to like him and mm-hmm. I I my, I never did. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, my sixth I had like a little diary mm-hmm. it, that I had when he was elected and I wrote like uh, my angry rant as a child like how much I really <laughs> did like Joanna him. The first Joanna rant. Yes, I honestly I'll send it to you. I put a little I also put a drawing of him. I have it on my phone. Um, uh, that's so cute. So, you know, th- this changed the paradigm of Venezuelan politics. It it was a basically a bipartisan system. Then it became a, you know, multi-party system and he he was a he had he led a coup um which was both successful and then unsuccessful. Um, he was in jail. He was whatever. So he was like this media icon. Mm-hmm. He was this media star that then, and a military guy who was elected democratically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it was just a, a complete, uh, basically all of the democratic structure was taken away. They were, all checks and balances were were eliminated um, with him. Again, I have no idea. I, this yeah. pathway seems so crazy. It's so crazy. Um. You take away <laughs> checks and balances. You silence the medium. Mm-hmm. You make uh, you make in in internal uh, you make internal enemies. Um, you justify violence. Uh, you know, all the, it's truly, all of these demagogues do, this, do it the same. I remember seeing when he was still in power, a lot of videos of like, they would be like, this is what's going on on the streets of Venezuela, but this is what Chavez has on TV. Yeah. And it would just be like him singing a song. <laughs> like, yeah, him. it was truly bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely accurate. There was uh, uh, all of our all of our news outlets have basically been closed uh, off and then mm-hmm. newspapers as well. And there's a silencing and then there's a lot of political prisoners. So this people that like to just blame Maduro, mm-hmm. uh, that's like... that's ridiculous that's like blaming i don't know like if you get you have a cold and then you go out to party with a cold and you get sicker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like you went out too (laughs) like it's not just the cold like yeah you 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 have the symptom this is just a symptom of what happened Mm -hmm. um nicolas maduro could not have existed without hugo chavez it just it just is not it's part and parcel with the same thing so it isn't that maduro is suddenly this evil dictator and chavez wasn't they are they are this they are the same they're one of the the same thing Mm -hmm. um now uh, the the issue is gas prices completely plummeted during Nicolás Maduro's time. And mm-hmm. not only that, but Hugo Chávez, over the course of his regime, overspent what he was getting. Yeah. Like his daughter also overspent and corrupted money. His mm-hmm. daughter is a billionaire. <laughs> Hugo Chávez's daughter the guy who claims that being rich is bad, mm-hmm. his daughter is a is a billionaire. Yeah. Not even a millionaire. Because a millionaire, I'm like, that that's fucked. But billionaire? <laughs> that's like that's another level. Yes. Yeah. So like the the issue now is the thing the this is symptoms of what has happened. Nicolás Maduro is basically at this point I mean he was given I mean I don't like him, but he was basically given a, a economic a travesty yeah and is I was gonna say just shit show shit show <laughs> yeah. and he's not gr- he's he's he was a bus driver he, he doesn't know economics not, neither does anyone in his cabinet so you know like 
they're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. but it was it was sick from the beginning. This the country was sick for years. So also, ba- basically, my understanding was like, yeah, the country was sick for years. Venezuela was getting ninety five percent of its like income from oil. Oil, yeah, and then the oil prices went down, and it yeah. just it devastated, and it, um, the government was overspending. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, we're also producing oil way lower than what we should be because the infrastructure of our oil production plants is like falling apart. Yeah. So it's just there's nothing that hasn't been affected. There's nothing that hasn't been affected by just corruption and horrible, horrible policies. So who like in situations like this, like who are Venezuelans looking to for help? Is is there any movement in the government to fix the situation no. or are they just digging in? The government is digging in. The The only way essentially to get out of it is like either the military does a coup, but the military is very much involved in the narco regime mm-hmm. and, you know, the corruption. So if they do do a coup, you know, these military people might be placed in jail. So mm-hmm. they have no interest in basically screwing themselves over yeah so the military is is like basically just part of the government at this point and then one of the reasons why there's this very staunch right-wing venezuelan community which is crazy to me who loves trump is because Mm -hmm. they think trump is literally going to go and save them they have they have this theory that trump is going to go and just murder everyone and save the day what do you think would happen if someone presented donald trump with a map and asked him to point out venezuela i think he'd point uh at miss universe uh and (laughs) be like that is that is he'd pull out a picture of a hot babe babe. it's like that's venezuela yeah Um, so (laughs) the politicians on the right often say like it's like they'll attack like i remember they attacked uh beto o'rourke and be like he wants he wants the, uh, Texas to become the next Venezuela. Why yeah. do you, what, what do they mean? What are, what are they um, trying to say? Because Venezuela, the Venezuelan government has been very good at marketing themselves as socialists, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so when, and, and, a, and a very particular type of socialist. So it's like communist socialist. Yeah. Uh, and then they, I mean, I don't, I honestly, this is such a complex subject because I feel like, I'm a liberal here, mm-hmm. right? And then for and then there's people in Venezuela that call me like a socialist, a uh, mm-hmm. communist for liking like liberal yeah. politicians yeah. in the <laughs> states. And then in Venezuela, I'm like the the left in Venezuela is absolutely corrupted mm-hmm. and is not what they claim to be. They're just a corrupt narco government that silences people. Like yeah. what is this? Mm-hmm. So I think Venezuela is a very easy way to blanket statement a political ideology mm-hmm. um, because it, 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 it tr- the, go- the, sorry, there's no country that is, there is, there are several countries that are doing poorly, but I, I think there's few countries that have, that have had the economic depression that we have had. Yeah. Like it is a severe economic crisis that is like 10, to, uh, 10 folds of, like depression of the States. I think mm-hmm. it was like 10 times. Like, wow. wow. It, I might be exaggerating. I'm not a journalist, but you guys, <laughs> but it is, like significantly worse than the Great Depression of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a very easy way to use an example to discredit people that are clearly not that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the people who do want to help are people who speak out against the government. That's how you end up exiled or in 
on house arrest. Like, yeah. what, like um, you said it was your cousin who is. In so my house uncle, oh, your uncle is in jail. Is is in house arrest still? It, and was that just for criticizing? So he has a digital a newspaper mm-hmm. where my cousin would post protest videos, um, and they also just are very. I guess they're factual about what's going on in Venezuela and, and mm-hmm. the government. And one night there was a, a protest, basically. Nicolás Maduro went to Margarita, which is an island in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And he was walking in this uh, town and people came out and just, we have this thing called cacerolazo, which is when you hit your pants together. It's like a way of like protesting mm-hmm. that isn't violent. And they were just following him just beating on the on the pats and pants while he was like basically trying to run away mm-hmm. and people took this on like snapchat and um my uncle was able to find a lot of these clips and was like oh we should definitely put this on the platform but i'm not sure and he he was he was hesitant actually he was like i don't know if this is a good idea mm-hmm. you know they might shut us down he decided to do it the next day he was going to go on an interview a radio interview and he disappeared and we didn't know where he was Oh my God, that must have been so scary. Yeah, I remember I was in South Carolina <laughs> at the time. Um, oh, it was so bizarre. It was such a bizarre moment where like, mm-hmm. uh, I think bicultural people definitely f- feel this sometimes, but I was in South Carolina meeting my now husband's uh, American family. He's mm-hmm. Colombian, but he has family in South Carolina. And it was just like very peaceful and we were in a zoo <laughs> and someone was complaining about the weather and then... I'm like, my uncle is missing. Yeah. And he might be dead. And I can't do anything about it. And everything here is okay. And I want it to not be. Yeah. Which is such a bizarre way of thinking about yeah. it. That's not fair. I mean, mm-hmm. but it 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 reminded me how much, no matter how much I Americanize myself, how much I feel at home here in New York, mm-hmm. there's just, there's a peace that is there. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah, it's part of who you are. So how long did it take before you got word that, like, of where he was or... I remember my aunt, um, she went to all the police stations. They went to the morgues. Like, they were like... Oh, God. Um, they were like, what the hell? And she went to the police station where he was actually at, and they were like, he's not here. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then I think they got the lawyers involved, and I think it was at night that night. The the Basically, the CIA, the Venezuelan CIA, raided my uh, uncle's house. Mm-hmm. taking everything, taking laptops, taking everything, mm-hmm. um, taking the car that he was driving. Uh, it's called Ayanar. I think that's rated. After that, it was clear that it was the political police that had taken him. Yeah. It wasn't like he was kidnapped. So then it, then we were like more calm in that he's he might be, he, he's alive. Yeah. Um, so this isn't like, we still have hope. Yeah. And then he he, went, he was in jail for a year and he was transferred several times to several jails. It was like, honestly, it was just so inhumane. It was yeah. so bad. That's that's insane. Yeah. I can't believe that you guys had to deal with that. That is crazy. Yeah. So for those people who are listening to this, who, I mean, want to find out like good sources of information or ways to help. Do you have anywhere that we could direct people? Yes. Um, I have several. Uh, I think... In, in terms of information, I, New York Times has actually been doing a really mm-hmm. good job specifically with their photojournalism. It's pretty incredible, the yeah. stuff that's coming out. Um, the Guardian does a good job as well. And then um, I, 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 have a, I have a few este, um, charities that mm-hmm. might be great. Yeah. Um, but I 
don't know what like link to say. Okay. Um. So maybe we can add it at yes. the bottom of It'll whatever. Put them in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll great. look it up, and anybody who wants more information, we will put that in the show notes. Okay. Perfect. Um, Joanna, it was so great to have well, you. Well, and Joanna, you where can our um listeners find you? Yes. Oh. Um. Uh, my uh, YouTube channel is called Joanna Houseman, which is my mm. name. Mm-hmm. But if you just like write Joanna Rance, it pops up. Houseman <laughs> is too hard to spell. There are two N's in there. And there are two N's. The one S and an A. Two A's. It's just very There's confusing. There's a U. Yeah. There's a lot. We just start saying all the letters H- out of order. H- a- There's an U. A. <laughs> <laughs> and what about Twitter, Instagram? Oh, all that Joanna stuff? Houseman on Twitter, Joe House on Instagram, and Facebook, Joanna Houseman Comedy. Mm-hmm. Follow me everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when does Bill Nye come back? Um, Bill Nye, I think the last season is out, and mm-hmm. then we got canceled. Oh, oh no! But but guys, let's be real. Everything's getting canceled on Netflix, <laughs> yeah. so we I didn't mean, take it personally. That's true. That's that true. is true. Well, listen. Go back and watch the old episodes, you guys. Yeah, and I, no. I'm friends with Bill, so I, yeah, I got what I needed out of it. That's the thing, yeah. is like, you walked away from it, friends with Bill Nye, and that... That's it. Like I can die. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, why Like, why do you need to come... Like, what were they offering you beyond that at Honestly, that not that much. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joanna, thank you so much. Thank you, guys, uh, for... Actually, for using your platform to inform people about yeah. this. This is really important. And I'm just really proud of myself, because... I didn't throw up this oh my entire God. time. Yes, guys, for you. You guys might not have realized, but Brian is very hungover today. I kept looking at Joanna and like covering my mouth. I saw I that. Like, I thought it was because you were emotionally Shut distraught. It yeah. was both. I was emotionally distraught, but I was also trying to hold in any burps. <laughs> It was both. <laughs> Joanna tells her beautiful story, and then Brian vomits everywhere, and we're like, oh my God. I mean, Brian it's happened so before. Excited. Okay, guys, until the end of Democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Batches.